0: All right, welcome back to From Aid Arbitration. Let me start this episode off by saying thank you to Lindsay Brzee and Mr. Jeremy McCall. This is one year, the one-year anniversary that both of them came on board, the From Aid Arbitration team, <laughs> and they've been absolutely amazing, absolutely fantastic. Lindsay's done an incredible job with the Facebook page From Aid Arbitration. I can't thank her enough. I remember when, when we started talking long time ago, she told me that my Facebook page sucked, and I said, hey, I like this girl right here. So <laughs> she asked if she could uh, take it over from me, and I said, absolutely, you can take it over. So, uh, Lindsay, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. You've done an amazing job. Uh, and Mr. Jeremy McCall with the, from 8Arbitration.com, that site is unbelievable. I get emails all the time from... Uh, web designers asking who does my web page uh, from dot arbitrationcom because they want to, to copy that, to mimic that. Uh, it's incredible. So, Jeremy, thank you, sir. I appreciate you more than you know. Um, now, Jeremy's here in my installation, so I get to see him quite often. But uh, a brilliant job with from Uh It's exploding right now, people getting on there. He's got so much information on there to help people. Uh, a fantastic job. Both of y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, Also, don't forget Discord. A lot of great stuff going on Discord. Now, if you go to formatearbitration.com, Jeremy has the Discord link on there. And so that'll save you a lot of time looking for it uh it's growing by leaps and bounds right now also the reddit page that guy's amazing he's got some funny stuff on there uh cracks me up man uh when, every time i get on there he's got some good stuff on there so y'all get on there i think that link is also on from eight uh, so a lot of great people helping and i really really appreciate it i can't do this by myself uh, the people that come on here uh, had Jason Ashley when it first started, came up, did a couple episodes. JB is a staple. Uh, Mr. Careff, a business agent, uh, gave, my, gave my podcast some clout. <laughs> and so, and Mr. Poskin. Uh, so, hey, I appreciate everybody coming on here and trying to teach our people. Uh, education is what it's about, it's, it's the foundation of what we're trying to do, educating our stewards and our carriers on the workroom floor. A lot of unions are listening to this. A lot of unions are. So I, I'm thankful, appreciative, humbled uh, by the success of Formate Arbitration. Uh, would have never thought that it would have gotten this big. And uh, in its, in it's mind-boggling uh, that it has. As of today, we've got 195,000 downloads uh, on Formate Arbitration. 195,000 downloads. That's insane uh, for somebody getting on here, just talking some shit. And so <laughs> I appreciate everybody, man. Y'all know I love you uh, and we're having a good time of it. Uh, I'm not stopping. All right. So don't worry about that. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I never have. Uh, it doesn't concern me what people think about me. So uh, I'm not quitting anytime soon. All right. We're going to continue to have fun. We're going to keep fighting, keep educating, keep educating and uh we're gonna get the workroom floor ready to fight these bastards and that's what it's all about okay a lot of stuff today a lot of stuff cover some 1838 c's guy messaged on facebook saying he wished i'd do something on that we will i stole something from somebody else so i'm going to use it i'm going to talk about cca uniform allowance a lot of questions coming into me about it um so, I'll, we'll talk about that. Got some discipline, two uh, forms of discipline removal, letter warning, both for attendance. We're going to go over both of those right now uh, on this episode just to refresh ourselves. I'm, I'm going to do anytime somebody sends me discipline, I'm going to try to put it out here so y'all, because some stations won't see much discipline. So, when they get it, it's new to them, it's foreign to them. Uh, so, I'll try to do as much as I can on here so when they do get discipline, We've gone over it before, what we're going to request, how we're going to break it down. Uh, like I said, when I get disciplined, I can usually beat that within five minutes uh, just because I've dealt with it so much. That's what I want for y'all. I want y'all to be able to beat discipline within five minutes of looking at it and knowing what you need to request. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Knowing what we're going to need to request, uh, the avenues we're going to take, the traps we're trying to set for management. That's what I want everybody to know. All right? Every shop steward. I want y'all to be well-versed and disciplined. So uh, as much as I can, I'll try to put that out here so that we can we can get educated on that, okay? I'm going to read a few things that people ask me to read to y'all. And so you ask me to read something, I'm going to read it. I had a few things sent to me, uh, kind of disgruntled people, and uh, and we'll talk about it. Here's one. I'm not going to say the name of the individual or the business agent. He says, hey, Corey, love what you're doing. And I don't uh, know what I want to achieve here except to let you know what I'm hearing. We had a rap session last night with this business agent here in this state. We gave him hell. And it seems we got our branch president in trouble. He didn't know a lot of what's going on in our city when it comes to carrying mail on Sundays, forcing regulars to work at other stations, etc. I encourage anybody to request a rap session with their MBA to make sure they know about our shop floor issues. He spent the first 15 minutes or so talking about contract negotiations. He more or less blames the fact that letter carriers are getting caught on camera throwing packages and the fact that, We'll hire anyone these days, there's no civil service exam anymore, etc. To say that their bargaining position is shit because carriers are shit. Infuriating. Sounds like they think carriers are lazy, just like management does. The reason this meeting happened at all is that rank and file members have called for and organized a rally at the main office in downtown this city on April 2nd. People are fired up and are expecting a good turnout. They hope to quell the anger leading up to this, but I think they fanned the flames. I'll be attending this region's steward training next week as a new steward. I'll have an opportunity to, to meet uh, so-and-so. Let me know if there's anything you want me to ask him. <laughs> Love you, brother. Keep fighting. I get on our business agents all the time. I just do. To me, if you're, and I say this all the time, and I know y'all probably get sick of it, but if your business agent's office is corrupted, Uh, we're in trouble. The region's in trouble. It sounds to me like y'all got a chicken shit business agent from what I just read. Anytime a business agent, you got 200 and something thousand carriers, right? And anytime a business agent gets up there and says that our negotiations are failing because a handful of carriers are throwing packages, that's a cowardly way to say we're not going to give you our best effort. That's what that is. So that business agent's a cowardly piece of shit that's going to get up in front of the rank and file and say, hey, look, we got a, few, a handful of carriers throwing packages, so our, our contract is probably going to be shit because the carriers are shit. Now, how you got your position, I do not know. I, I don't understand it. Maybe it was the good old boy network that got you in there. I'm not sure, but you need to reevaluate your position. I know that you're getting a lot of money. You're probably not doing a whole lot in your position if you're going to come out with some old stupid ass shit like that. So you're probably making a lot of money. You're not going to step down because you're, you know, you're getting a fat ass retirement, fat ass salary, and you're gonna shit on the letter carrier. You know. And that's why I gave my State of My Union address. I think the president needs to address some bullshit like that. But kudos to the carriers for saying we have ourselves gotten a rally and we're going to rally in our city for the mistreatment of us and our people. And, and that pissed the NALC off. Why, why that pissed the NALC off? Why did it piss the NALC off that the letter carriers decide to stand up for themselves? Why would you want to quell that? I don't know, but that gentleman asked that I read that. And there you go. I read that and gotten a business agent's ass a little bit for you because I can do that because <laughs> they can't do shit to me <laughs> except kiss my ass. They can do that. Here's another one. And, and this one's, this one's a problem. And I get these all the time. When I say I get hundreds, I get these all the time. Listen to what this guy says, Corey. This is my ninth year as branch president, my 15th year as branch officer, and 22nd year as union representative, and my 23rd year as a city carrier. Now listen to that. This is my ninth year as branch president, my 15th year as branch officer, and 22nd year as union representative, and 23rd year as city carrier. A year after this cat started, he became a shop steward. What about that? I've been doing it ever since. I appreciate you my brother. He goes on. I'm fucking fed up and disgusted with management and with my own union. What happened to this union? What happened to my union? We're filing the same grievance almost every single day since 2017. We finally got the DRT to impasse these 11 and a half hour and 12 and 60 hour violations, including forced overtime grievances because the DRT agreed that management is egregious in these violations over 1,000 cases of past elements. So they're impassed. Awesome. Well, 62 cases got resolved at pre-arm. The language we fucking get... Management will pay the appropriate remedy 15% or regular overtime rate, and management will follow the provisions of the national agreement. Let me read that again. So they're impasse. Awesome. 62 cases got pre arbed The language we fucking get, management will pay the appropriate remedy 50% or regular overtime rate, and management will follow the provisions of the national agreement. Fucking Wow. This helps my grievance handlers. This helps me because we couldn't get this stupid language. 62 fucking cases resolved at Pre-Arb after my DRT guy writes 22-page narrative explaining why there must be monetary awards. I'm embarrassed to even show these decisions to my stewards. It's going to crush them. Management followed the contract. No fucking cease and desist. Nothing. We even wrote in our formal notes, keep the money, cease and desist, follow the provisions of the contract, follow EL312, properly staff these stations, follow Section 115, M39, treat people with respect. It's like I'm, I'm losing the fight with my own people. Management is the easy part. I am fuming. I'm getting a hold of my MBA, and he has to explain to me why this happened. We're afraid to go to arbitration now? What the fuck is going on? In the struggle, angry branch president. Sorry to bother you with this, but I know you'll understand. You can share if you want, but I'm just fucking angry. I'm sharing it, my brother, because I'm fucking angry with you. That's chicken shit bullshit that I talk about all the time. You got a pre-arb session, Now this is what happens. They're going to get all these cases. If there's 200 cases in past arbitration, they're going to have two high levels come in. RA, probably somebody from area, and they're going to wholesale these bitches. And they're going to get rid of them. They're going to say, hey, just pay them this money. And hey, management, y'all follow the contract. Well, no fucking shit. That's a novel idea. I wish we would have thought about that when we wrote the motherfucker up. Follow the contract. Fuck, I never thought of that. Damn, y'all get paid a lot of money for that. I see why now. That's ingenious. Y'all got one over on management on that pre-arb. Hey, pay the 50%. You got to do that anyway. It's in the fucking contract to pay the 50%. Arbitrator Snow said you're going to pay the 50%. They got to do that. And then you're going to tell them, oh, and by the way, follow the contract. Well, I'll be damn. I'll be damn. We got them. Follow the contract, y'all. Let's see how that works out. You kicked your own carriers in the ass when you did that business agent's office you kicked your own at carriers in the ass you kicked them right in the fucking teeth congratulations that's chicken shit to the highest extent we have people suffering on this workroom floor every fucking day We have people suffering on this working floor by mismanagement. Hell, the president even came up there and said, we're going to talk about noncompliance. We're the problem with noncompliance. It's our fault. Management's going to do whatever the fuck they can, and you enable them with this weak-ass bullshit. We're the problem. (laughs) You can't negotiate that at at national level. We're the fucking problem with these bitch-ass decisions like that. Management will follow the contract. What the fuck? When we talk about, we need to get a hold on this non-compliance. Get a hold of your ass and quit signing this old shit. It, it's you are harming us when you do that. And I don't know. I know y'all don't give a damn. It's all about money because you're not going to send all these cases to arbitration. So you're going to put a signature on sixty-two cases, give them fifty percent, thinking you've done something because you've done something that was contractually obligated that's what you did you you basically said we'll give you what's contractually designated the 50 percent, whoopty shit and then we're going to tell you to to abide by the contract okay okay sign off on that shit when they give us discipline then when those go up there say that we'll, we'll abide by the attendance policies and just throw out this discipline see how management does with that You know what they're going to do? They're going to laugh in your fucking face. Why? Because they want to fire us. And you bitches are sitting there signing off on some chicken shit. Management will comply with the contract. Y'all be fucking ashamed of yourself. I'd fire your fucking ass on the spot. If I'm a business agent, somebody came up with some shit like that. Let me see y'all's pre-hours. What do we do here? What is this shit? Well, you know, they paid them. The fuck? They got to pay them. What's this shit here? You got to abide by the contract. Well, you know, we weren't to send all these to, hey, pack your fucking desk up, get a fucking box in there, put all your shit in it, get the fuck out of my office. If you're not going to do any better than that, God dang, man. Hey, folks, quit fucking us down here on this workroom floor. NALC. God dang. It pisses me off to no end when I see some chicken shit like this come up t- with our people's name on it. 62 fucking cases with management will abide by the contract. God dang. unfucking believable Hey, brother, I got your back, baby. <laughs> you want me to talk about it? I'll talk about it. You're damn right. Y- y'all going to piss on us? No. No. I'm going to call y'all kind of bitches. Is what I'm going to do. Y'all need to understand what representing the city letter carrier is all about. Because you've forgotten. You represent the city letter carriers. You don't represent fucking management. Fuck them. Fuck management. That's what I'm about. God dang. Brother, I feel for you, baby. A thousand cases. And this, and we're we're at step one. The first fucking step is what Snow said, give to us the 50% premium. That's just designated. They got to do that. And that's what we signed off on. 62 cases. What a fucking joke you are. Whoever did that, whoever's signature on that, you're a pathetic piece of shit is what you are. And call me. Call me 615-686-9595. That's my number, bitch. Call me. And I'll tell you that over the phone or you can come see me. I'm in Nashville, Bellmead station. I'll be there tomorrow. Drive your punk ass down here. And I'll tell you that to your face. You're shitting on my people. You're shitting on us on this workroom floor with that bullshit. This man probably spent, I, I ain't no telling how much time he spent on these cases to to prove an escalated monetary award was, was necessary, was required, was appropriate. No telling how much time they spent on that. And that's what you give them? That's the thanks you give them? Our union is, is damn near lost. Damn near lost with that. We're trying to get the workroom floor to stand the fuck up, and we got a damn NALC just suppressing the shit out of us. Just kicking our damn legs out from underneath us with this bullshit. Business agent, get a hold of your people up there and quit fucking us over. Fucking son of a bitches. All right, what are we talking about? Shit. <laughs> All right, that's somebody. Man, that fucking pisses me off, man. God dang. We got people work. that That's 12 and 60 hour violations now. That's people working 12 and 60 hours. And what we're going to, what we're going to do to stop that is what? The 50% premium. Appreciate it. No cease and desist. Thanks, man. You helped us out. Thanks for the money. They're going to keep on doing it and keep on doing it and keep on doing it. And we got people up there at the national level saying, hey, one of our main obligations, one of our main priorities is to make sure about this, this uh, understaffing and overworking and mandating. That's one of our biggest priorities. Bullshit. Shove that up your ass, man. Don't sit there and tell us that bullshit. And you got shit like this going on with y'all. Roll all 62 of those damn cases and shove them up your fucking ass. That's what you do. God bless America. That just pisses me off, man. God dang. Don't preach to us down here, y'all, when y'all got some cowardly bullshit like that going on. Man, we're, we're educating warriors down here, okay? We're educating fucking warriors down here. Don't bring that chicken shit down here to us, man. We'll laugh you in the fucking face. That's what we'll do. Laugh in your fucking face. Son of a bitch. Where where are we? What are we doing? All right. Had a gentleman ask that I do uh, something on the 1838 Cs, the one-day count. Uh, We're going to do that. Got some discipline, some CCA uh, clothing allowance, and then I'll be done with it. All right. Uh, this is the 1838C, uh, the one-day count. And I stole this. Uh, somebody commented, and, and it's, it's better than anything I could have come up with. Uh, I'll add just a few things. Uh, JB is really good at this. So I, I contacted him, um, and so he helped me out a little bit. Um, but uh, this is from Branch 6000, Long Island Merge Branch 6000. I hope you all don't mind if I stole your stuff. Uh, if you do, just holler at me. I'm not going to take it down, but uh, I'll tell you I'm sorry. But uh, one-day mail counts, 1838C. And uh, a gen- like I said, a gentleman said specifically for me to address it, and here we go, okay? The, the one-day mail count, 1838C. Uh, and I'm just going to read it verbatim because it's really, really good, and it covers everything fully. And I'm just going to add just a few things, got with JB about it, Uh, Because there have been some issues with some things that we talked about in some earlier episodes. Some people sent me some uh, some losses. Let me clear that up for you, okay? But this is what it's going to be. Recently on Long Island, management has been conducting in post offices a one-day 1838C on random employees. Questions recently have arisen about one-day counts, when and why they are conducted, and how the results can be used. Some carriers are concerned that the information will be used to evaluate and adjust their routes. The applicable language from the M39 handbook is clear. Language from the M39 handbook can be applied by postal management solely to check the proficiency of a letter carrier, but cannot be used for the purpose of adjusting a letter carrier route. Y'all get that? I'll read that again. Language from the M39 handbook can be applied by postal management solely, which means Not involving anyone or anything else. Okay, that's what solely means. Not involving anyone or anything else. All right? To check the proficiency of a letter carrier but cannot be used for the purpose of adjusting a letter carrier routes. M39 Handbook, Administration of City Delivery Service. Section 141.2. Special Office Mail Counts. That's M39, Section 141.2. Special Office Mail Counts. When management desires to determine the efficiency of a carrier in the office, a count of mail may be made. The carrier must be given one day's advance notification of this special count. Use PS form eighteen thirty eight C to record count and time items concerned. The carrier must be advised of the result of the office mail count. And let me say that again. When management desires, so there's that word right there will beat any grievance we have about them doing an 1838 C. They give that solely to management when management desires, you can stop right there. If you're going to try to file a grievance on them doing one. Okay. Now, if they continue to do the same care over and over and over again, I may adjust that with a, with a grievance. Okay. But those first three words, when management desires, okay, we have no, no say so. (laughs) It's it's fully up to management. To determine the efficiency of a carrier in the office, a count of mail may be made. The carrier must be given one day's advance notification of the special count. Let's stop right there. What's one day's advance written notice? Is that 24 hours? Or is it just before I leave for for that that day? If I leave Monday and they say, hey, Corey, we're going to count you Tuesday, they fulfill their obligation, okay? They don't have to tell me in the morning. We're going to say, hey, you didn't give me 24 hours notice. No such thing. One day's notice. All right. One day's advance written, One day's advance notification. So if I'm leaving for the day on Monday and I say, hey, Corey, on the time clock, we got you a little note. You're going to be counted tomorrow. They fulfill their obligation. All right. When management conducts these 1838 C's, they must account for your, your fixed office time. Now, pay attention here, folks. Pay attention here. I'm going to read something to you here in just a minute. When management conducts these 1838Cs, they must account for your fixed office time. That is time you take other than throwing your mail into the case and pulling down your route. So the 1838C, if they're going to do an efficiency count, they must account for your fixed office time. I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to read something to you real quick. And this is, what, this is what it said. He reached out to him and he says this. Today, 322, our supervisor performed a stand-up talk in which he addressed various things that he wants implemented and came along with a cute little whiteboard marked up with dry eraser markers. And he sent the photo to me. Lately, they want us out of the office on the street in less than one hour, and the projected times are suspiciously always 838 beginning two or eight. So they're saying that their projected leave time is 838. Okay. Now, how is that possible with our fixed office time? Tell me that they're not using pet. That is pet right there. We need to grieve the shit out of that. I'd ask him where you get 838 from. How are you, if we come in at eight, how are you getting 838 with everybody? You got to get involved with that. If they're saying your everybody's projected lead time is 838, I've got 33 minutes of fixed office time and 43 with a break. How are you getting how are you getting 838? That leaves me five minutes to case my route, okay? They're taking out your fixed office time with that. You have got to grieve the hell out of that. He says, uh, lately they want us out of the office on the street in less than one hour, and the projected times are suspiciously always at 8.38, a time that we can't meet because we take a 10-minute break at 8.30. Luckily for him, the volume has been very low lately, so the office time of 60 minutes or less is feasible for now. A bigger problem I see is the 22-minute load time that they want us to do. So this is going on every – this one is from the complete opposite side of the country is the one I read to you all last week. So it's nationwide where they can get away with it. They're going to do it, okay? Because our union up top hasn't done anything about it. They just left it to us. So we'll handle it down here, okay? Now they don't separate our parcels and spurs, nor do they let us touch the parcel spurs all together in the same hamper until we move to 721 time. And now they don't want us to scan the spurs. This doesn't sound right to me. So spurs can be cased. That's not a street function. Spurs can be cased. You gotta grieve that. So when I say grieve these bitches into submission, that's what I'm talking about. Every time they do some dumbass shit like this, grieve them into submission. You got an hour office time. I did an episode on that. Grieve it. All of our leave time, projected leaves time, are 8:38, 38 minutes. Well, what happened to my fixed office time? Ask them where they came up with that figure, 8:38. Grieve that. They won't let me touch our spurs on office time. It has to be street time. Grieve that. I'm I'm telling you guys, girls, grieve these bastards into submission. I'm going to make them hate to come out on the workroom floor and say anything. They're going to apologize before they say something to me because they know that I'm going to fire their ass up with a grievance. Okay. Grieve all of this. I'm going to get off topic a little bit. It goes on another issue I see with the little whiteboard and discussion this morning was that he also mentioned, you can see it on the whiteboard picture attached, that they want to perform street observations, three opportunity carriers opportunity for what he explained that they're going to pick on the troublesome slower carriers that take more time loading and on delivering mail on the street. That's a grievance. I have no street standard, and I have no load standard. If you're telling me that you're going to do street observations with the sole purpose of picking on slower carriers, that's a grievance. I have no street standard. You better know that I'm out there loitering, doing something. You better have proof of that. But to say, I'm going to attack the slower carriers, and I'm putting on a whiteboard, that's mutual respect. That's Section 115.4 of the M39. I'm grieving that these motherfuckers ain't going to walk out on the floor without a handful of grievances. Uh, and and I'll stop that right there, but all of that is a grievance, every bit of it. (laughs) So, so grieve all of that. But anyway, going back to that, that, um, fixed office time, going back to this, I was reading from, from that branch. When management conducts these 1838 Cs, they must account for your fixed office time. Do you think that they were accounting for the fixed office time of what I just read you when they say that they got 38 minutes? Their projected leave time was 38 minutes? Were they taking into account the fixed office time? No. That is time you take other than throwing your mail into the case and pulling down your route. Below is the description of what your fixed office time consists of. Line 14, accountable mail, six minutes minimum time allowance. Time spent when you stop casing mail to get your accountable mail, signing for it, filling out the name or address on ps Form 3849, and casing the notice as a reminder in the morning, plus the time it takes to get cleared and go on to your next task in the afternoon evening. Now, how many of y'all are getting y'all's certifieds in the DPS? They don't even pull those out anymore. They used to come around every morning with accountable thing. They don't do that no more. All your shit gets put in DPS, certifieds, all that stuff. They're trying to take that time away from us. So take your time on the street, fill out the form for the certified, get it signed for when you get back in the evening, wait for somebody to come clear you on that, even though you didn't sign for it. I'm going to say it's an accountable item. Okay. Line 15 withdrawal of mail. Five minutes minimum time allowance. This includes time spent with drawing mail from tubs or trays, cutting straps, removing plastic, etc. This line item also includes time you spend with drawing mail from both the throwback and hot cases. The M39 Management's Handbook states that two withdrawals of letter mail and one of the papers for each trip with a final pull just prior to leaving time generally are sufficient. Line 16 sequencing and collating mail time spent collating or sequencing mail is recorded on this line for example time spent collating circulars to get down to three bundles in an fss environment is recorded on line 16 line 17 strapping out time most letter carriers will not use this line item line 17 is only used in very limited circumstances The only time that line 17 is used is when you have motorized curb delivery routes where the majority of the case separations contain more than two addresses per separation. In these instances, the letter carrier records the actual time to place the mail in the exact sequence of delivery instead of one minute for each 70 pieces. Line 18, break. 10 minutes minimum time allowance. And next week I'm going to do this, do a grievance on the, uh, where you're coming in at eight and they're telling you to immediately take a break. That's idiotic, foolish, and that's a grievance. And we're going to deal with that. Okay. So next week I'm going to talk about when you clock in management tells you to immediately take a break, take a break from what I just clocked the fuck on. What am I taking a break from driving to work? So we'll address that next week. Okay. In most offices, 10-minute credit is given where letter carriers take a morning office break. If your office has a longer break time than 10 minutes, keep in mind that more time must be credited for line 18. Line 19, vehicle inspection. Three minutes minimum time allowance. That's minimum. Time spent inspecting your vehicle every morning or is accorded on this line. Time starts when you get your key to go out to your vehicle and ends when you come back into the office and begin your next task. So some people, it takes two minutes just to walk to your vehicle and back. So if you're doing that advanced vehicle inspection, that's going to take you some time. And I would suggest you do it. Okay? They're stealing time from us. We're going to try to get every second we can that we're due. Okay? Line 20, personal personal time. Five minutes minimum time allowance. This time credit covers any personal needs that you may have while in the office, such as obtaining rain gear from your locker, restroom needs, etc. This time is not entered on Form 1838C. Five minutes for line 20 is automatically calculated in the fixed office time. If your office has additional wash-up time, such time is entered on line 21, not line 20. Line 21, recurring office work not covered by other line items nine minutes minimum time allowance. This covers a wide variety of office functions that you perform on a recurring, continuing basis. Generally speaking, recurring office time is an office task that occurs at least once per week. Many of these functions are universal and take place on almost all, if not all, routes. Some examples in the morning are getting your scanner and setting it up, trips to the throwback case, getting your parcel hamper, checking for sleepers, aims, edit book, red book work, replenishing forms, verifying hold mail, weekly safety talks, removing tags, returning empty equipments to a designated area, etc. Some examples in the afternoon, evening, are taking care of outgoing mail collected on your route, placing your attempted parcels and 3M mail in the designated location, Returning your parcel hamper to the designated location, processing undeliverable mail, trips to the throwback case, returning empty equipment to a designated area, etc. Hopefully, the above discussion clears up any misunderstanding which carriers in our branch may have. One day counts can only be used to check the proficiency of a letter carrier and for no other purpose. And so that was the 1838C. Now, we have a right to count, verify the count, okay? That's what I'm going to do. If management is counting mail, I am verifying the count. If mail is input on the 1838C, I have a right to verify the count that's put in on the 1838C. and that is DPS. And I know that someone has lost an arbitration where they said that we're going to count the DPS and they're saying, no, we're doing efficiency count on you to see if you're making standard. And we lost it. Look. If it's input on the 1838C, we have a right to verify the count. If DPS is on that 1838C, I'm going to file a grievance if they do not allow me to verify the count of the DPS. Okay? I want to make this as burdensome on management as I can. You want to come in and continue to harass my carriers with these one-day counts? I'm going to keep you in there all day fucking day i'm going to verify the count it doesn't say verify the the flat count verify the parcel count verify the spur count it says verify the count if it's on the 1838c i believe i have the uh, the right to verify that count we have won that numerous times here in this installation jb does a very good job with that okay so there's your 1838c all right Hopefully that helped for the gentleman who reached out to me, but I couldn't have done it any better than, than what that branch put up. That was very good. All right, let's go over a couple of forms of discipline, okay? And uh, then I'm going to do this CCA uniform allowance and I'll be done. All right, shouldn't be very long. Here's one, and it's a letter of warning. Completely confusing as hell, but look. Challenge management on the verbiage of any discipline. Okay, you've got to be a bulldog when we're dealing with discipline. Challenge them on the verbiage on these forms of discipline, and I'll show what I'm talking about. This official disciplinary letter of warning has been issued to you for the express purpose of advising you of the following serious deficiency in your record, which must be corrected immediately. Charge unsatisfactory attendance your failure to meet the attendance requirement of your position as a result of your lack of availability and your undependability in reporting for duty as scheduled has been revealed a review of your attendance record <laughs> that's what it says i'm gonna read that again it's confusing as hell <laughs> your failure to meet the attendance requirement of your position as a result of your lack of availability and your undependability in reporting for duty as scheduled has been revealed in a review of your attendance record. Specifically, a review of your record reveals the following profile of irregular and unreliable attendance. Now, let's break this down. Your failure to meet the attendance requirements of your position. What are, what is that? Can anybody in this country that's listening to this tell me what that is? Your failure to meet the attendance requirement of your position. What is my attendance requirement? Does anybody know? Why do we let that slide and not grill management on that? I'm going to ask management in arbitration what that is because I don't care what they say. I don't care what they tell me. You can't, management cannot dupe me in arbitration with that. So I'm going to ask them, y'all ask them, informals, ask them. When when you've got the 14 days to investigate this grievance, I'm going to put in a request to interview the supervisor, whoever issued this, and I'm going to say, what is the attendance requirement of my position? Do that. It doesn't matter what they say, it's going to be foolish. They don't know what in the fuck that is. This is labor wrote this and sent it to them. As a result of your lack of availability and your undependability in reporting for duty as scheduled. What does that mean? That anytime I'm scheduled and I don't show up, I'm I'm now irregular in attendance? Get them on the record there. What are you talking about? Reporting for duty as scheduled. So if I miss one occurrence, then I fail to be regular in attendance, get them on the record. I'm going to do it in arbitration. Specifically, a view of your record reveals the following profile of irregular and unreliable attendance. Here's the dates: 12/12/22, sick leave eight hours; 12/20/22, sick leave eight hours; 12/27/22, AWOL late one hour and thirty minutes. Now, if that's AWOL, let's let's find out why we got an AWOL. We're gonna grieve that too. Okay, 1/26/23, sick leave eight. We got uh, two things on 223, annual leave for four hours and sick leave for four hours. Now, why am I being charged annual leave? Why is that on my, why is that on a letter of warning? Four hours of annual leave. When am I getting, why am I getting this one for four hours of annual leave? It's not emergency annual leave, it's just an annual leave. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull that out. I can't take annual leave anymore? Let's address that. So it looks like we've got one, two, three, four, five occurrences, right? I'm going to start from December, since you started in December, December 12th. And you gave me the investigative interview on February 27th, okay? So I'm going to say December, January, February, you're looking at, uh, and then 17 days, you're looking at 107 days, all right? 107 days is what I'm going to say you looked at since you started in December and you you issued this in March. Uh, So 107 days. During that period of time, this individual has been to work 95% of the time. Does that sound like somebody who has an unacceptable or unsatisfactory attendance record? 95% of the time? I'm going to say an arbitrator is going to have a hard time believing that that's unsatisfactory. 95 percent that that's pretty damn good to me so are we doing that if you're starting at december i don't care what date you started in december i'm going to be december 1 so if it starts out 12 12 i'm going back to december 1 and i'm going to start from there does that make sense goes on on february 27th you're afforded an opportunity to explain your attendance in an investigative interview I asked you if you are familiar with USPS attendance policy, and you replied, yes. What is, the, what is the USPS attendance policy? Does anybody know what the USPS attendance policy is? Do we have a USPS attendance policy? I don't know. I don't know that I've ever seen an attendance policy. Somebody send it to me if y'all know what they're talking about. But they asked this carrier where if the USPS attendance policy, and they said, yes. If I'm the shopster, I'm going to say, hang on, what is it? What's the USPS attendance policy? And if the carrier says, well, uh, be regular attendance, is that a policy? We've got to help ourselves out here because I have never seen a USPS attendance policy. Asked you to explain your absence, you replied, I know I'm gone more than most people. Why in the fuck would you say that? <laughs> we got, hey, look here, man. Before we go in for an investigative interview, shop stores, get your carriers and say, hey, look, don't say anything dumb. Don't say stupid shit. If they ask you about a date, tell them fully what was wrong on that date. I used to have a caregiver. I don't any longer. My caregiver's gone. I'm a single parent, and now I've got to watch my child. I'm trying to get another caregiver or somebody else to come in there and help. Don't say, I know I'm gone more than most people. Well, shit. Why don't you just tell them to go on and hand you the letter of warning and tell him you're sorry? God dang. But there's only so much I can do. My daughter's grandma was just diagnosed with cancer and has three months to live, as well as mentioning daycare issues and doctor's appointments. Now, this is how dismissive management is. Okay? Now, here's a person giving you some, some heavy mitigating circumstances for their attendance issues. Heavy mitigating circumstances. Here's how dismissive management is. My daughter's grandma was just diagnosed with cancer and has three months to live then management, as well as mentioning daycare issues and doctor's appointments. You failed to offer anything that would mitigate this action. What? As a shop steward, I'm going in there and I'm going to question management on this entire letter of warning. You've got to start grilling these dumb fucks on on this discipline. Okay? Start grilling management on the things that they hand the city letter carrier. You're going to make them hate themselves. You're going to make them hate handing you shit. You're going to make them hate handing the carrier anything. Grill them on these letter of warning, seven days, 14 days removals. Grill the shit out of management. Do not let this stuff slide. I'm going to say, how do they not offer any mitigating circumstances? Their caregiver was diagnosed with cancer and has three fucking months to live, and you're going to tell me that's not a mitigating factor? That's exactly how I'm going to ask them in arbitration. Verbatim. Verbatim. I told you about the time I got on that, that person so bad, the, shot, the the arbitrator had to tell me to be quiet. I'm going to grill them on this when they tell me that I've offered no mitigating circumstance. And I just told you that the caregiver of my child is dying of cancer. And that's not a mitigating factor. Grill them on that. Take it in there and say, I need to talk to you about this letter of warning. We're going to go over it sentence by sentence and talk to me about what this means. Okay. Here's another one. Notice of removal. This advance written notice that you'll be removed from the U.S. Postal Service effective Saturday, May 6, 2023. The reasons for this action are as follows. Charge 1. You're charged with failing to meet the requirements of your position because of your overall unsatisfactory attendance. That's the charge. You're charged with failing to meet the requirements of your position. What are the requirements of my position? Does anybody know what the requirements of my position are? Because of your overall unsatisfactory attendance. Okay, well let's get into it. Let's see how unsatisfactory it is, all right? The following <laughs> the following is a recapitulation. <laughs> recapitulation of your attendance record. <laughs> That's somebody new in labor gonna try to show out right there. I'm gonna have to look that word up. I'm gonna ask them what that means too. Uh, when I go in to meet with my informal, I'm gonna say, "Hey, what does that word mean right there?" Recapitulation. They're gonna say, "Hell if I know." <laughs> I'm gonna ask them in arbitration, "What the fuck is that?" All right. Here's the dates: twelve two and twelve three. So that's one occurrence. Eight hours of unscheduled sick leave, eight hours of unscheduled leave without pay, and Lewis sick leave. Twelve twenty nine. Eight hours of unscheduled leave without pay and Lewis sick leave. Two seven eight hours unscheduled sick leave three, three eight hours of unscheduled sick leave. So I got four occurrences. We got removed on four occurrences, right? You're here to notify that even though the absences listed above were approved for pay purposes, these absences are unscheduled and are totally unacceptable. Mercy on March 17th. So that's when my clock stops because they had an opportunity up until March 17th to add new dates so I'm going to start December 1, and I'm going to end March 17th when I'm calculating these dates. Okay, so March 17th, they did the I.I., so my clock stops as far as me holding them accountable for the dates they cited on March 17th. I met with you and your union representative to discuss your attendance. You indicated you were sick when asked about your absence on December 2 and 3. When asked about your absence on December 29th, you stated you were sick. You stated you were sick as well when asked about your absence on February 7th. When asked about your absence on March 3rd, you stated you weren't feeling well. So, remember my pet peeve was sick, 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 sick. Now when you get an arbitration, all you're going to be able to say is, I was sick. You can't say, I woke up and, and you know, I had diarrhea I woke up, I was vomiting profusely, was dehydrated, uh, had to go somewhere, had to go to a walk-in clinic. I woke up, uh, I had a migraine. You're not going to be able to say any of that because what you chose to do in your day in court is say sick, 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 wasn't feeling good. So now you left me, the shop steward, up with sick, 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 defending that. You left the formal step A defending sick, sick, sick. You left the B team. Uh, with sick 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 now you left your advocate defending sick 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 you see what I'm saying? You got to help us out, letter carriers, in these investigative interviews. Your day in court is not for management. They're going to issue discipline. They've been told to. There's nothing you can do about it. They're going to issue discipline because attendance control or whatever they call it nowadays has told them issue discipline. So what do they have to do? They've got to do an investigative interview because they know if they don't, they're going to lose it immediately. So they're going to go in there and give you an investigative interview, knowing you're already going to get disciplined. This investigative interview is for the shop steward, for the formal A, for the B team, for the advocate. That's what your day in court is for. It's not for management. They don't give a fuck about your day in court. It's for us, your representative. That's what your day in court is for so that we can get this and we say, Hey, look, In the investigative interview, they answered fully what was wrong with them, and management still didn't take it into consideration. Don't go in there and say, sick, 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 didn't feel good. Well, shit. Anyway. So, you got four dates, four occurrences, one, two, three, four. Those four occurrences, the dates involved, the time from December until March 17th, is 121 days, okay? So four occurrences on 121 days is 97% of the time this individual was at work and you're saying that they were not regular in attendance. How is that not regular in attendance? 97%? That's almost an A+. This individual has been removed for being at work 97% of the time. Holy shit. That's, that's astounding. You look at all their EXFC scores, all their scores, 93%, 94%, 95%. That's passing to them. All those scores. Those are, those are acceptable priority mail, express mail, uh, first class mail. They all have scores, what they need to meet What are they? 95, 96%, 93%. I don't think anything's 96. 93%, 92%. They will applaud themselves for that, but a letter carrier is at work 97% of the time, and he's fired. We got to make that a contention. We got to make that a contention. Goes on, you admitted your attendance had been addressed with you prior to that day. You also stated from my past, I feel like I've been doing a lot better than my previous year. Okay, so what I'm going to do is if there's previous discipline, I'm going to see how many occurrences on there. If it's a letter warning, how many occurrences do I have? Seven? If it's a seven day, how many do I have? Eight? If it's a 14 day, how many do I have? Five? On this one, you got four. Management doesn't even know what's regular attendance because one's a seven, one's an eight, one's a three, one's a four. What fuck is regular attendance? Y'all don't even know. How am I supposed to know? You're talking about an attendance policy. What does the attendance policy say? Because y'all are all over the damn place. I don't know how many times I can miss before I'm I'm fired. Make sure we're checking those occurrences on the letter of warning 7-day, 14-day, and see where management is at and see if there's a discrepancy in those. That way we can say management has no idea what they're talking about. They don't know what acceptable attendance is. Seven days, eight, I mean, seven occurrences, eight occurrences, three occurrences, four occurrences. Shit. Was an attendance review done? Attendance review is is mandatory if they're going to try to curb uh, unscheduled absences. Right? Isn't that what the ELM states? You need to do an attendance review. Go over my 3972s, my 3971s. Why? So that you can say, hey, look, you're in the danger zone of being fired. You've missed this many. Be careful. Look out. M39 states what? You got to do everything humanly possible before resorting to discipline to correct my deficiencies. Well, how'd you do that? Well, one way would be an attendance review. Do you do that? No. Then you failed to abide by section 115 in the M39. Did you give me an official discussion saying, hey, you're in the danger zone? No, then you violated sixteen two. I should have gotten an official discussion or something saying that your attendance is getting a such. We're going to have to, to check it with discipline. A lot of things you can do with me prior to, to removing me. Here's the past elements of discipline. A letter of warning issued on July 28th of 2022 for failure to be regular attendance. Let's check that letter of warning. How many occurrences are on there? A notice of seven day suspension issued on September 13th for failing to meet the requirements of your position because of your continued pattern of unscheduled absences and your overall unsatisfactory attendance. Damn. Let's check that seven day and see how many occurrences are on there. A 14 day for failure to follow instructions. What's the fuck that got to do with attendance? That, that 14 day has nothing to do with attendance. Why, does it, why is that in there? How do we not beat that? Got to address those things. If they give me anything other than attendance discipline, when I start out with a letter of warning in a seven-day, we're going to address that. This, they're one tracking us out the door right there. So address that. Then it goes on. It is understandable that this termination action may have a traumatic effect and or impact in your life. I'm using that against them in arbitration. I'm using that against them in arbitration. So you understand that this is going to have a traumatic effect on this individual's life. Yes. For being at work 97% of the time, you know that this is going to have a traumatic effect on him. You stated it in this notice of removal and you removed him anyway. Somebody who's been at work 97% of the time. How is that even logical? How does that make any sense whatsoever? It makes no sense that you have fired this individual knowing that it's going to have a traumatic effect on his life for being at work 97% of the time. Pull that out of there. Use it on these bastards. goes on. Therefore, please be advised that employee assistance services remain available as long as you make contact prior to being removed from the rolls. Exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell them, hey, I'm going to EAP immediately to help me with my attendance issues. I'm going to EAP immediately. Now you know what you've done? 35. Article 35, baby. And I'm going to tell them that as I'm walking out the door as a shop steward. So, hey. Uh, Article 35 is going to take over right here, okay? Uh, he's going to EAP. I don't care if it's drug-related or not. You told me that you know that it's going to have a traumatic effect on my life and you advised me to go to EAP. Bam, right there on the spot, baby. Hey, shot, steward, I'm going to EAP. I'm calling them today before this 30 days. I'm going to EAP because I need help. I can't come to work. It, just 97% of the time, can I make it to work? I'm going to need some help so I can get to work the rest of this 3%. Now I'm going to hit them with a the 35 because I'm going to do everything humanly possible to fuck these bastards in this grievance procedure. When it gets to arbitration, I'm going to have a case so fucking fat that the arbitrators are going to sit there and, and chew cashews the whole time thinking how stupid is this that I'm even here. Hold them accountable, y'all. On these, on these forms of discipline, you've got to get them. What are we requesting on these letter warnings in seven days? What do we start out requesting on letter warning in seven days? Any and all information management used to issue this discipline. That's what I want. That go. That's day one. Hey, Corey, here's this removal. Bam. Let me just go on and take this information request up there. I need any and all information y'all use to issue, Corey, this discipline. All right? And it should be readily available. You sent the packet down to labor you should have. You should have it right there and all nice and neat. It shouldn't take more than a day. Once I get it, I'm going to look at that information, and then I'm going to start jotting down things that I need. I want everybody's 39.72. I want to see if everybody during the same time frame has been to work 97 percent of the time. I want everybody's 39.72. And if they say that I'm fishing, File agreements on that 17 and 31 on this discipline, okay? When When you're filing on this discipline, Article 16 and 19 via Section 115 of the M39 Handbook, my second issue is going to be 17 and 31. And I'm going to win this removal, win this letter of warning, because they failed to give me the requested information I needed to defend this person properly. Okay? So... I'm going to itemize everything they give me initially. This is what management used to issue the discipline. These, these six pieces of paper. Itemize that. Okay. Three of them were 3971. It's got two pages of 3972. Here's a statement from management. Here's the request for appropriate action. Three pages. So here's the pages that they gave me. I'm going to number those. One through ten is management's what they used to issue Corey this discipline. Now, Here's what I'm going to need. I'm going to put in another information request. These are things I need specifically. Okay? This is what I'm going to need specifically. Erms calling long. I don't believe you. I don't believe that he called in for this time. Let's see what those times are. See if they, see if they match up with the notice of, of uh, charges. Okay? Uh, the 3970s for the station. You know, whatever you can think of. We're going to put in that, and then we're going to put those contentions together, okay? Don't let management get away with fucking us, man. We control that. We control that, all right? Shop stewards, we control that. We got 14 days to hammer these bitches, okay? Let's do it. Let's take the 14 days, put together some great contentions, all right? That way our formal A doesn't spend all of his time writing contentions, trying to find things, trying to request things. They don't have that time. I'm telling you, I know from personal experience, when I get up there and there's a removal and I've got a request for information and a removal and it's in the folder and that's all I've got, man, you've put me behind the eight ball. JB's working on six removals right now, six, and he's having to do a lot of the work. That puts him behind the eight ball because he's got Article 8's coming in. He's got Ops coming in. He's got CC doing rule coming in. And he's having to spend a majority of his time and night working on removals. You can't lose removals. Hell, that's somebody's livelihood. I don't care what they've done. I don't care the circumstance. Every waking hour goes into removals to keep somebody from losing their job. Help us out, stewards. Help us out, Okay. Another thing that's been hot and heavy is CCA Uniform Allowance, all right? I'm going to talk about that just a little bit for you um, and get that out of the way. This is CCA Uniform Allowance rules for all you CCAs, okay? Uh, For some reason, this was coming in more than anything else that's coming into me about CCA Uniform Allowance. So I don't know what's going on right there, why this is so rampant around this country. Uh, But I've been sending this out to a lot of people, so I'm just going to read it right here, okay? CCA Uniform Allowance Rules. Article twenty six, Section three of the National Agreement, and I'm fixing to read twenty six Section three. Okay. Article twenty three Article, <laughs> Article twenty six Section three of the National Agreement requires the Postal Service to provide CCAs with a uniform allowance. Currently, the annual uniform allowance is three hundred ninety dollars. That amount will increase slightly effective on November 21st of each year during the life of the national agreement. Unlike career letter carriers who receive a credit card to use, CCAs receive their uniform allowance through a voucher system. There still are reports of confusion in the field about CCAs not receiving their uniform allowance in a timely manner. There was a series of jointly developed Q&As regarding the uniform allowance for CCAs designed to help avoid this problem. They are part of M1819, all right, M1819, and many of them are reprinted below. Question 41, when does a CCA become eligible for a uniform allowance? Upon completion of 90 work days or 120 calendar days of employment as a CCA, whichever comes first. Now, what does that mean? 90 day 90 work days or 120 calendar days. If I'm a CCA and they leave me home 3 days out of the week. Okay? I'm probably going to hit 120 calendar days before I work before I hit 90 work days. Does that make sense? If I'm working 6 days a week, I'm going to hit 90 days pretty quick. But if they're keeping me home 2 days out of the week or 3 days out of the week or 4 days out of the week, I'm probably going to hit that 120 calendar days before I hit that 90 days, okay? Whichever comes first. CCAs who have previously satisfied the 90 and 120-day requirement as a transitional employee with an appointment made after September 29, 2007 become eligible for a uniform allowance when they begin their first CCA appointment. 42. What defines the anniversary date? For the purpose of annual uniform allowance eligibility for a CCA. The calendar date the CCA initially becomes eligible for a uniform allowance. Okay, let's read that again. 42. What defines the anniversary date for the purpose of annual uniform allowance eligibility for a CCA? The calendar date the CCA initially becomes eligible for a uniform allowance. 43. How is the uniform anniversary date determined for a CCA who is converted to career status? The employee retains the same anniversary date held as a CCA. Read that one again. How is the uniform anniversary date determined for a CCA who is converted to career status? The employee retains the same anniversary date held as a CCA. 44. 44. How is a uniform allowance provided to a CCA? When a CCA becomes eligible for a uniform allowance, funds must be approved through an e-buy submission by local management. After approval, a letter of authorization form must be completed and provided to the employee within 14 days of the eligibility date. Shop stewards, you hear that? Within 14 days of the eligibility date. The CCA takes the completed form to a USPS authorized vendor to purchase uniform items. The letter of authorization can be located on the Uniform Program website on the blue page under Labor Relations. How are uniform items purchased? It's question 45. Uniform items can only be purchased from USPS licensed vendors. A list of all authorized Postal Service uniform vendors is located under the Labor Relations website. Uniform program from the blue page and also on light blue under my HR and look for the link for uniform programs. 46. How does a licensed uniform vendor receive payment for uniform items purchased by a CCA? The licensed vendor creates an itemized invoice of the sale, provides a copy of the invoice to the CCA, and sends the original invoice for payment to the local manager identified on the letter of authorization. Upon receipt, the local manager certifies the invoice and pays the vendor using the office smart pay card. Question 47 If a CCA does not use the full allowance before his or her appointment ends, does the allowance carry over into the next appointment when the appointment begins before the next uniform anniversary date? Let me read that again. If a CCA does not use the full allowance before his or her appointment ends, Does the allowance carry over into the next appointment when the appointment begins before the next uniform anniversary date? Yes. However, the CCA cannot purchase uniform items during his or her five calendar day break between appointments. If the full annual leave uniform allowance is not used before the next anniversary date, the remaining balance for that year is forfeited. Question 50. Will CCAs receive the additional credit authorized under Article 26 b with their first uniform allowance following conversion to career status? Yes. And I'll read that language here in just a minute. Where it is necessary, here is the process the Postal Service has developed for supervisors and management to order your uniforms online. Step 1. Local management submits an E-by-2 for funds approved for CCA uniform allowance in the amount of $390. Step two, CCA employee provides local management with his or her order of uniform items. CCAs are not permitted to place online or mail orders. Step three, local management makes the purchase online from a USPS authorized vendor using the office Smart Pay purchase card. Note: Effective October 1, the PS Form 8230, PS Form 8230, Authorization for Payment Method, will become obsolete and will no longer be accepted for the local purchase of goods and services. To find out how to obtain a purchase card, please go to the following blue page: blue.usps.gov. Purchase Operations Ops. Son of a bitch, that's a long time. A lot of stuff there. Or just contact the Purchasing Shared Services Center, 877-293-2410. I would just do that. 877-293-2410. Because that's a lot of back. That's blue.usps.gov backslash purchase backslash operations backslash ops backslash impachon.htm. It's late. I'm getting kind of giddy. They're silly. Uh, I would just call 877-293-2410. <laughs> Step four, local management retains a copy of the itemized invoice or order confirmation email from the vendor. Step five, CCAs are required to confirm receipt of orders to local management. All right, if you're a CCA who has met the 19 workday, 120 calendar day requirement, and you haven't been provided a letter of authorization within 14 days of reaching the requirement request to see your shop steward about the matter if you run into a uniform vendor who refuses to accept your authorization letter to purchase uniforms please contact director of life insurance Meyer warren at nalc headquarters myra serves on the national uniform committee and will be happy to try to assist you and you can look that up cca uniform allowance nalc google that uh, and that will be readily available now, if you go to, to page 26.2 of the JCAM, uh, Article 26, Uniforms and Work Clothes, 26.3 is where we're going to go, right? In 26.3, Section 3, City Carrier Assistant. when the CCA has completed 90 work days or has been employed for 120 calendar days, whichever comes first, the CCA will be provided with an annual, annual uniform allowance equal to the amount provided to a career employees in Section 2A. Time served as a transitional employee will count towards the 90- and 120-day requirement. The uniform purchases are reimbursed by the Postal Service directly to their vendor. Uniforms will be returned by CCA, separated and not reappointed. City Care assistant Employee Uniforms Uniform issues for CCAs are addressed by the parties. Joint Questions and Answers 2011 USPS-NELC National Agreement, dated March 6, 2014. The complete joint Q&As are found on j pages 720 through 730. And then it goes over the same things that I just read to you. Questions 47 through 56. And that is the same thing that I just read to you. So um, that is your CCA uniform allowance. Now that we have it memorialized in an episode, (laughs) and I'll tag that the time it starts because I've been going a lot longer than I thought I would. Um, but several people had reached out about CCA uniforms. i just put it on an episode. I'll put the time on here when I, when I start breaking this down, when I edit it. And that way you can go right to it and listen to it over and over again, if you need to, to, to get your CCAs, uh, uniforms to them. Okay. So there's your episode Another kind of salted peanuts type, uh, went off a little bit at the beginning. Cause it just pisses me off when we screw on people. So, but, um, Anyway, keep fighting, keep fighting, okay? There's a lot of great stuff happening right now. I know I bitch a lot, but there's a lot of great stuff happening. There's a lot of people getting educated, firing management's ass up. I wish I could share it all with you. I wish I had somewhere to post all of it. It would encourage the hell out of you. It really would. A lot of victories right now from people that are listening, equipping themselves, educating themselves, Fire management's ass up. I love it. I love it. And we're going to keep doing it, okay? I promise you that. I retire in, how old am I? 53, be 54 this year. Got about eight more years and I'll be gone. Uh, So we'll probably do this up until I leave, (laughs) all right? And I'm going to ride off into the sunset. But until then, we're going to keep fighting, raising hell, all right? Uh, So don't get dismayed. Don't give up, okay? Don't quit. Just keep fighting. Those things will address themselves. I had somebody ask to do an episode on how to get rid of a shop steward. I'll get all that stuff ready for you. Uh, if your shop steward's not worth a damn, uh, we got to do something about it. Uh, I talk about that all the time. Shop stewards, presidents, business agents. seems like, you know, once we get in that rut of the good old boy system, they just get in there and just fuck everything up. Nothing we can do. And we got National. They're not going to do a damn thing about it either. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, what can we do? We'll address it, all right? Okay. Uh once again, Fromate Arbitration Facebook page, get on there. Talk to Miss Lindsay. She does a fantastic job with that. Jeremy with FromAidArbitration.com, amazing job. Love both of them. They do a fantastic job, man. Really do. Um Discord, Reddit. Uh think those links are on Get on there and start talking to those people. Uh, discord is up all hours of the night good discussions on things okay get on there and talk to them y'all have a fantastic rest of the week Uh, i will see y'all again next sunday and we're going to talk some more shit how's that sound all right keep fighting y'all okay i love you and i'll talk to you next week